0: lunch yeah.
1: hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission otherwise known as scottcast we're the only podcast from Sunnyham tramick that always finds a way to ask what did we learn today my name is scott krauss and joining me today is none other than fan favorite ian dixon Hello, Ian. Hello, hello. All hail Scott Cast. Glory be to Scott Cast. Oh, yes. We nailed this intro. <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in this week. I hope all Scott gators find glory in their lives listening to Scott Cast and taking our Scott Cast pod vibe along with mm-hmm. them. You know, we're, we're slowing down production. We're not as crazy about output, but mm-hmm. like we're getting insanely focused on quality quality not quantity exactly it's a form of maturing mm. right you know as you get older you you care less for like just gorging yourself on alcohol and drugs and more of like choosing really good alcohol and drugs instead yeah you know quality over quantity that's right you know so we're not trying to live in a torpid stupor for the rest of our lives we're trying to enjoy our lives in a mild stupor, yeah, I want a mild stupor. <laughs> you know? A stupor you can shrug off if you really need to. That's being responsible. Yeah. Being responsible is being just drunk enough to enjoy life, but sober enough to know what you're doing. That's right. That's yeah. the Scott
2: Cast take. That's the Scott Cast take.
1: That, there was a little bit of turbulence on my way to press that button because I was holding my drink. You can't just put it down. It looked like it. you were going to pour it right on the
2: soundboard. That would be a great way you to get confused about which hand was supposed to be pushing buttons. The world's shortest Scott cast
1: since Kyle was on. The one where I destroy all the equipment right after talking about how great liquor is. Yeah. By pouring liquor all over the equipment. Well, Sometimes life is full of these kind of absurdities, but that's what we're here to do. We're here to, you know, document and and revel in them. That's right. It's, that's life. That's how you live well, at least. That's how I feel. Um, so, but before we <clears throat> started casting, something mysterious happened. You know, there's a lot of mystery going on in this episode, but mm-hmm. I think we should start with the mysterious happening that preceded our recording immediately. We were setting up and through the window we heard a strange noise. At first it seemed like a cat, mm-hmm. but then it started creating a sort of babble like rhythmic pulse to its cat mewing. And it was kind of childish, childlike. Yeah. Like a human child. But it was still sounded like it was being vocalized from the organic machinery of a feline being. mm mm-hmm. I believe there might be a cat boy on the loose. <laughs> that was my deduction. Yeah, you convinced me of it. <laughs> I was going to ignore Catboy. That's why I have you on here, because like, I'm so focused on myself. I was going to completely ignore Catboy.
2: And- I thought it was Kyle, and then I didn't see Kyle around, and I realized it was from outside, and I was mm. like, wait, is that, a, is that a child? Yeah. What the fuck is that?
1: Yeah, it sounded sentient. It sounded large, yeah. too, you know, for a cat. Um, it could be a mysterious mythical kind of being. Mm-hmm. It could be the genetic material I threw out recently from my CRISPR
2: experiments with, like, Kyle's litter. Maybe some of the strays in the alley got into it and, like, jizzed on it or something. They jizzed on the <laughs> genetic
1: material, and with their genetic material combined... A weird.
2: Cat-person-creature-monster?
1: Weird cat-person-creature-monster, like, but it kind of sounded joyous and innocent. Yeah. I think this is the makings of one of the first mutated Hamtramck Avengers.
2: There's certainly some urban folklore ripe for the the breeding here. Right. I feel like we could do this,
1: you know? Like, not everybody in Hamtramck listens to SkyCast. Mm-hmm. surprisingly enough. So... I think it would be really easy for for us to kind of like go to the bars individually, and like, or or no, as a team. Yeah. And I'm gonna pretend I'm some like some rube, and then you're gonna come and be like, "50 bucks says I can prove that there's a cat boy here," <laughs> and I'll be like, "Screw you, man!" And then we'll talk real loud, and then like we'll get the whole bar interested mm-hmm. in it, and then you're gonna present some evidence that's. Mm, nigh indisputable and then I'm going to give you the 50 bucks and everybody at that bar is going to walk away with a story that Catboy might be real and that's going to (laughs) cost us 200 bucks for four bars and then the rest is going to take care of itself, we've created a legend for less than the cost of a PS4 Yeah, you know, play a legend or be a
2: legend, bitch (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a great idea what's Catboy's story though? Like, he has to have a mythos Mm -hmm, Some mm -hmm. kind of motivation for... Well, clearly, it's
1: we're kind of 9 out of 10 thinking it came from my genetic experimentation Mm -hmm. and my poor hazardous waste disposal practices. Most likely. Both of which have been documented on this podcast. Yeah. So, it started there, Mm -hmm. and then it's kind of, I mean, it sounded relatively old. It either aged very quickly over the past few months, or it's been around for since at least Christmas, you know, maybe a year. Yeah. So what has it been doing for this past year? Like fighting cat crime? Like there's, this, there's been this one cat, this ugly orange cat with like a gnawed <laughs> out cat. ear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the frickin' orange cat. <laughs> Hate that orange cat. Like every time, like there's some blood curdling cat screams outside, mm-hmm. you know, you rush to the window and what do you see but this orange ugly cat and uh, this other poor innocent cat limping away. You know, you can tell that the orange ugly cat is the instigator, either by being violent or just so damn ugly.
2: Is it ugly like, you see those like Renaissance paintings of cats that like have people faces? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it was a very grotesque. <laughs> Maybe orange cat is cat
1: boy. You, oh, you think orange cat like grew? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that that cat boy sounded maybe orange cat jizzed on your CRISPR experiment. Oh, it's son of orange cat is cat boy. <laughs> yeah. you know, I could, I think that's that that's the one. You know, because if it was just orange cat becoming cat boy, like there's this weird transition to mm-hmm. innocence that I just don't believe orange cat had in him, even with the genetic. But change. it already had
2: a quasi people face.
1: It already had a quasi people face, but this is a much larger creature. We're talking mm-hmm. six to seven times the size of orange cat. Yeah, is cat boy. So I think I think I think that theory of the it being son of Orange Cat, mm-hmm. Cat Boy, and then perhaps that's what happened over the past year is it's been battling its father, its own father, because that came, that cat was a bastard, an evil bastard, mm-hmm. and he was probably trying to get out from under his rule. Eventually, mm-hmm. he grew up to be big enough and punted Orange Cat like over the fence into the um, AAM plants yard. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and now Catboy's running free. Because mm-hmm. I haven't heard from Orange Cat in a long time. Yeah, You know, it used to be like every week at least there'd be some like uh, blood-curdling, terrifying th- fight happening outside in my alley or by the front porch. But that hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Do you think, do you think, uh, I'm pretty sure that's the case. I'm not even going to ask. So do you think
2: Catboy is, uh, has evil intentions or like is a is, uh, superhero for defeating Orange Cat? I think Catboy has superhero potential.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's got it's great kind of power. This, this dark history that
2: might uh, cause a, a moral conundrum.
1: He, he's definitely already murdered one cat, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was like one of it was like you know, killing the Joker is at that bad, bad of a thing. Yeah, but then I mean, you gotta be wary of. Okay, he's killed once. What makes you think Catboy's not going to kill again to avenge his cat community? Mm-hmm. I mean, he might be like a. The, the clouders of hamtramck might be experiencing a uh, a a uh, what do you what would you call it a, a a terrifying takeover from
2: catboy maybe catboy is a tyrannical ruler mm. rather than a superboy man hero catboy. you think catboy is anything like monkey boy i don't think we've actually talked about we we watched that movie together oh that's right but we didn't uh, discuss it on the cast i don't think
1: oh yeah monkey boy that was a great movie it was part of the <laughs> halloween um Halloween
2: little, it was uh, pre-Halloween, it was in oh, okay. September, but okay. it was uh, building up to the sort of horror uh, extravaganza that I've been going through this month.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the Catboy story could be just overlaid with the Monkey Boy story and mm-hmm. be essentially the same thing. The Monkey Boy story being there's this orangutan monkey man boy that was breeded in a science lab across
2: the street from some apartment. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I forget actually. what the story was. They were like trying to. It was something about like uh, genetic engineering to like to, the ultimate goal was to like uh, solve some kind of um, disease issue. Like oh this this creature will have like the genetic immunity to whatever. Um, I don't I don't remember where it went from there. Just the monkey boy got out. <laughs> right, monkey boy got out. Started, started causing havoc. Started killing killing, uh, killing uh, farm folk.
1: He was kind of killing everybody. Killed everybody in the lab, right? He let
2: the kids live, live for a while. He made them take care of him. Okay. There were some kids he kidnapped for <laughs> servitude that he kept After alive. After murdering their parents. Right. Spoilers. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the kids liked it because it was like basically just playtime all the time. Yeah. Until they had to go shopping. Mm-hmm. I think Catboy is self sustaining. Monkey Boy seemed kind of like this, this, this. High chair tyrant, you know, because like, did you hear that? You heard that sing song, mm-hmm. like happy go lucky cat noise thing. Yeah. You heard that. So, so cat boy is
2: less uh, emotionally tortured than monkey boy.
1: Yeah, monkey boy. I mean, let's let's, let's be honest. The base of monkey boy is primate, mm-hmm. and the base of cat boy is probably more cat than primate. Mm-hmm. You know, monkey Boy's two primates at once. That's probably a lot of uh nasty feeling right there. <laughs> you know, primates aren't very good creatures. That's true. We're 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 actually the nicest primates, human beings, and we invented the atom bomb. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know if we're the nicest primates.
1: Kind of. I mean, most primates are real big dicks. Maybe gorillas are kind of nice. But at the same I mean, time, gorillas will
2: fuck you up though. That's the thing. They'll rip your head off. So like what are we really saying's nicer than us? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, marmosets? They seem alright. Maybe. I've never, like, spent time with a marmoset, so I couldn't say for sure. Aren't they more like squirrel than primate? They're like new world monkeys, which is different from, like, the old world ape tree that we uh, ascended from. Trimps, chimps will rip your dick off. That's true. Chimps will fuck you up bad.
1: Mm-hmm. Baboons are just terrible creatures and all in all. Bonobos are probably the nicest. I don't know what a marmoset does, but I know that bonobos... Like, they, their tribes still fight. Like, Bonobo tribes mm-hmm. still fight. But they don't fight by using violence. They fight by uh, just copulating with each other a lot. They mm-hmm.
0: that,
1: That's not so bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, imagine if, like, human wars went that way. Like, you know, the U.S. is squaring off with Russia. It's the... It's the war of the century. People are like, the world's going to change. What's going to happen? And then, like, we have got like Trump rushing in and like Putin rushing in, and then like, right at the head of the battle, everyone just starts doing it. I wish that's how we fought wars. That would be crazy. Like, like you got to out, you got to out, uh, you got to out, uh, you got to out <laughs> uh, oh, uh, yeah. the
2: competition. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could see how that could go wrong, though. If like overpopulation is a concern, like war is kind of a way that we've managed that in the past. Not that that's like the best way to do that, but it has uh, proven useful, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if combat was actually about like copulating, we mm-hmm. would have a, a bigger problem with uh, overpopulation.
1: I mean, if we kept having wars, which I guess the stakes are kind of lowered, right? <laughs> well, except for the fact it has to be. Like the leaders of the nations doing it, I feel like, mm-hmm. because like what's basically we're it's saying be man on man <laughs> <laughs> is that sexist? Like like a female leader can't head a nation in, in a sexual combat? Like she could put a strap
2: on. I mean, good, but yeah. I mean like historically, is it more when sexist we think about <laughs> when we think about like war and who's led nations that would be? It would be man on man. And Margaret Thatcher, yeah. Which is just a variation of
1: the above. (laughs) So, 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 like, this is what how contests would be like put out. And I think there'd be less wars because what would have to happen is like they'd have to put their egos on the line, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, the person who wins this war, like, they gotta go in with as much testosterone as possible. And a lot of the testosterone in like modern politics is just a facade, you know? Sure. It's just bullies acting like bullies. Yeah. You know, letting that be the face. And like that's considered testosterone. Mm -hmm. So when you actually put them on a level playing field of sexual performance, I feel like a lot of a lot of what are normally rogue nations, North Korea, for example, Mm -hmm. would start being a little less rogue because like they know that they're gonna have to fuck in public. (laughs) I'm gonna bleep all those fucks out. Yeah. With a little with something maybe a little david going like yeah or something yeah you know after Scott cast, there's gonna be hella bitches up in here
2: yeah <laughs> david thinks we're going to war apparently. <laughs> so now that we've uh explored that <laughs> that seems like a horrible system for uh diplomacy and i'm glad we don't do that <laughs> you're glad we just shoot each other <laughs> 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 that's also a bad system but uh I think I think our initial point was that uh, primates are stupid, and I think we've proven that conclusively.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let, let's get into let's get into some uh, let's get into some other stuff here. Mm-hmm. Speaking of warfare, I went to go see Rambo: Last Blood in the movie theater. Damn, old Sylvester Stallone. Old Sylvester Stallone. Like, being like, I'm writing this movie, it's Rambo's last outing. <laughs> you know? It starts with him, like, like in a rocking chair on a horse farm, taking care of horses. Mm-hmm. He's got a niece that's about to graduate high school, going to college, you know? And she doesn't know how violent his history was, and he's saying a bunch of ominous things about his past, you know? And then the niece ends up kidnapped by human traffickers in Mexico. And Isn't that the plot of Taken? Well, now it's the plot of Rambo: Last Blood, <laughs> <laughs> so Rambo has to go find him. Uh, and I think maybe it is d- deliberately modeled after the plot of Taken because mm-hmm. it's just like Sylvester Stallone's got to be like Liam Neeson is the big premiere action star. He's mm-hmm. he's like an old dude. So Sylvester Stallone now, <laughs> right? But he's an old jack dude, I guess so. <laughs> you know, and he started as being a young jack dude to true. get his reputation. True, Liam true. Neeson was always this. He always was kind of old, wasn't he? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm afraid of a pissed off old man as much as the next guy. Yeah. But really, he's our big action star? Come on. So I think Sylvester wrote this on purpose for that reason. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, it was an excellent movie going experience. It was pretty awesome. You know, Rambo going Rambo on a bunch of human traffickers is very satisfying. Mm Mm-hmm. You get to see a lot of things blow up. Uh, at one point, he literally rips the heart out of somebody. Nice, nice, right? And like they allude to it the entire movie too. Like everybody, like like his niece is Mexican. And like stuff. they were prepared for it. Yeah, like, this guy's gonna rip somebody's heart out. Kinda <laughs> like like they keep saying like, oh, it feels like oh, like this happened, and it feels like my heart was ripped out. And then Rambo's just like, I know it feels like my heart is ripped out. And it's like it's just mostly talking about feelings the whole time. And then at the very end, he's like, I'm going to show you what it felt like. And he just stabs (laughs) him right in the rib cage, rips it all down, reaches in and pulls out his heart. It feels like this and they die. Nice. It's pretty awesome. But my experience could have been influenced in a way. Mm -hmm. See, I went at like 2 p.m. on a Tuesday Mm -hmm. and I was the only person in the theater. It was amazing. (laughs) Like, I had my popcorn, I had my pick of the seats, you know, I must have sat in like 14 seats. (laughs) (laughs) I discovered I like the middle. Yeah. I think that's what everyone knows about it, but (laughs) I discovered it. (laughs) And it was pretty good, except there's a little paranoia inducing, because they Mm -hmm. do those movie preview things at the beginning, Mm -hmm. where they're saying like, turn off the... Cell phones and uh, don't talk during the movie. Yeah. And like when they do that, like they do this weird surround sound thing where they're, there's like, like people uh, talking
2: behind you, but there's not. Yeah, and
1: some guys are going shh, and I'm yeah. like, that wasn't me. <laughs> you know, and like that was all going on, and it was like, what the fuck? Who's here? Who's here? So I was a little paranoid, mm-hmm. but it was a great time. Have you ever
2: been to a movie theater completely alone? Not like where I was the single only person there. Like, were you, and is it you and your party? I think, like, yeah, me and whoever I went with maybe were, like, one, like, two of three people there. I don't know that I've ever been, like, in a a completely empty uh, cinema. I was surprised they
1: kept playing the movie. Yeah. You know, it was just me. Like, it made me think, if nobody goes to see the movie, does the movie still play? Like, was there, like, a... Projector operator who was like just staring at me the whole movie, being like this asshole. I could have had on a break
2: <laughs> like an hour ago. I feel like that was the case. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. I've been hitting up. I mean, it, yeah, it seems like uh, they are expending money via like electricity or whatever to, to project the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. And if it's not automated, like they, they need someone to pop it in. Yeah. Like I imagine they'll tell the guy it's not to. It's a money bother. saver.
2: If no one pays for it, then you don't show it. Mm-hmm. Then what are the 10-year-olds gonna do that are there skipping school trying to sneak into an R-rated movie? Right? <laughs> <laughs> like I
1: wish I I kind of wish I was like I, I can like go back to being 10 just to mm-hmm. have the that the thrill, the exhilaration <laughs> of sneaking into the movie theater because <laughs> as an adult you kind of realize that movie theater security is the worst security
2: ever. It's true. There's no, there's nothing it's like, to yeah, it. Cast down there, just find it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, I can go see whatever I want now. Yeah, I feel like it, I could stay here all day, like, and just watch all the movies.
0: You could.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, you can even befriend all the movie staff, and they don't care. <laughs> it is it, the movie theaters is like the only place where I feel guiltier going up and buying a ticket and bothering this person's mm-hmm. day than than I would just waltzing in and not buying anything at all. <laughs> you know i mean economically that's that's what i'd still feel guilty about and i still buy the tickets mm-hmm. i got the amc Stubbs a list thing trying to use it more rambo was one was me trying to use it <laughs> <laughs> and but like every time i go to get my ticket like i'm always going at the like some dead hour mm-hmm. and like i just Feel like I'm bothering this poor person. Yeah, just trying to have a chill job, <laughs> <laughs> and like I'm like, um, I need you to do work now by giving me a little square piece of paper that no one's gonna check. Don't they have like the self check
2: kiosk thing?
1: Um, some do, not the one I go to. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nowhere like you can just like scan a thing and yeah, get your tickets. I tried to see Jay and Silent Bob reboot mm-hmm. recently. Uh, I, a, a podcast I was doing was canceled and I was like looking online and it was like, Jane Song Bob reboot at fifteenth through 17th, And I was like, yes. So I bought myself a ticket immediately. Mm-hmm. And right when the movie came out, I was going to play. I was there. And like, there was no one else in the parking lot or anything. And I was like... Nobody Nobody showed up for
2: work. (laughs) Right? (laughs) You couldn't
1: buy your ticket. (laughs) But this is a different theater, so it had to think. So I was like, okay, I entered the confirmation number. Yeah. And it turns out I went on the wrong day. Oh. It was 15th and 17th, and I went on the 16th. God damn it. So I was like, oh, damn it. And I didn't go the next
2: day, because it's just like, I just didn't feel like it the next day. (laughs) The window passed. Yeah. Well... (laughs) Any of our Hamtramck listeners looking for a good movie going experience, there's the new uh, Film Lab. Did you see all that mm-hmm. shit? Up there on Holbrook. Mm-hmm. The old uh, Plav. It's like a I mean, block away one. from where you are. Yeah, it's like a block away from my place. Um, like independent films. They're doing a lot of horror films this this week or this month. We should um, go see some movies there, man. Do a sky trip. Tonight's like the grand opening kind of shindig. Oh, we should go. And tomorrow, I think they're showing uh, some like Czech film about a cannibalistic mermaid. Good. That's also a musical, maybe. Awesome. Yeah. Like, Little Mermaid gets real. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Like if the other half of her
1: was a shark. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's good. she's got a shark butt and a shark appetite. Yeah. Yeah. A shark butt. That's not a. <laughs> That's not even a shark reference. That's Batman, isn't it? That's Batman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got heroes in the brain. I've been reading comics, I guess. But yeah, we should go see some independent films. Hell yeah. You know, give them some press. Maybe they'll give Scott Cast some press. We've been getting a little bit of press when we were talking with Randy. Mm mm-hmm. Sabelle took some pictures and everybody liked the pictures. Yeah. People started coming out of the woodwork saying they listened to Scott Cast you know posers posers <laughs> if you're not master charles i don't give a fuck <laughs> that's right the audience loves
2: that yeah that was like hot shit big deal yeah i, I was kind of surprised at the reaction really mm-hmm.
1: i thought like it would be me and like two other people who kind of knew who randy was mm-hmm. but it turns out everybody knows who randy is they just don't usually admit it yeah and they tuned in they listened and I threw out a lot of Scott Cast tropes in that episode. So mm. I feel like the ones who are posing saying they always listen to Scott Cast, you know, they at least got a little quick education. Maybe they could fake it yeah. enough in their bar conversations trying to pick up ladies or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I listen to Scott Cast. Yeah, I know about Shovel That should Give.
2: All those hella bitches. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David. <laughs> David keeps interjecting with his frickin' uh, id behavior. Yeah. It's been a while since I've referred to the Triumvirate by their respective psychological psyche Mm -hmm. designations. I'm the ego, David's the id, and you are the superego, which makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Go back to listen to Cast to hear a little bit more about that. So, to bridge these topics together, Mm -hmm. I think the best thing we could do is... Uh, Best thing we can do Ian mm-hmm. The best thing we can do Is pimp some products Might as well It's the easiest way to transition between any two topics Without there being any Real transition to it at all Yeah Like we could go from like a very happy-go-lucky Story about our day to like the world's saddest news story in the world, as long as we put a t shirt advertisement in the middle. That's right. I
2: learned that from the Channel 7 news team. <laughs> <laughs> so, where can our uh, lovely Scott Castigators go to buy some Scott Cast merchandise?
1: Well, if you want to go get some Scott Cast merchandise, all you have to go do is visit www.thescottcast.com, Ian. hmm There you will find places to subscribe to the ScottCast, places you can listen to the ScottCast, and most importantly, a bunch of t-shirts and hats and posters and mugs and, oh my, pillows. Bikinis. Bikinis are a seasonal item.
0: <laughs> They're out of
1: season now. Damn. We will promote a new bikini later. hmm and then, and then we'll And that'll be a limited time release Yeah The bikinis are gonna be like Limited time In the dead of winter <laughs> <laughs> That's the only time you can buy ScottCast bikinis You know But Everything else All seasons go You know There you go Uh Yeah So go to the ScottCast.com Use coupon code pleeb. And get yourself a nice hefty discount so that you can buy something for your mother too. Isn't that great? It is great. Oh my. Oh. That's all right. I messed that up. It's okay. It's yeah. it'll sound fun. People were
2: excited about the the merch.
1: Yeah, they were so excited. And then they uh, and they and then they exploded. exploded. <laughs> <laughs> so, like that's one way we're making money, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how would you would you like to find a way you could make, say, one hundred and thirty thousand dollars with just photos of your face? Maybe mm. depends what those photos are being used for. That's a correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this robotics company, mm-hmm. uh, name undisclosed. Mm-hmm. They're hiring through a firm that are looking for a friendly face. The face will be used on a legion of robotic devices around the world designed to keep the elderly company. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote. Yeah. You know, little details are known about it. If you want to send in your face, Scott Castigators, just send it into faces at com. That's G E O M I Q.com. Faces at g E O M I Q.com. Mm-hmm. And your face could be on a legion of probably elderly care robots. Thousands of them around the world. Your or identity itself. Elderly extermination robots. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's a very hair-trigger euthanasia protocol. <laughs> like your face could be associated with the deaths of everyone's grandma and grandpa. There you go. <laughs> the decline. Do elderly people even want like a friendly robot hanging out with them? They hate technology. I wouldn't. Right? Right. Like, what's a friendly robot even do and consist of? Like, I guess dispensing pills, maybe? That'll be a not happy robot. Yeah, I'd rather just have a cat or a cat boy. I can have a cat boy, <laughs> <laughs> you know? You know, a cat boy is endlessly useful. <laughs> even then, the cat's endlessly useful by itself. It keeps your lap warm, it's friendly, it's nice. Like, I, I, I can have a better conversation with my cat than I probably could with an AI algorithm, right? Yeah, you know, you've proven that. Yeah, I have proven that. Yeah. If, if anybody's ever talked to their AI platform for more than eight minutes, you tell me because I've got eight minutes of pod time recorded with my cat on this very <laughs> podcast. So I don't think, honestly, that it's an elderly care robots.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think it has anything to do with the elderly at all, even though the euthanasia angle is pretty good. Mm hmm. I think it's going on a Legion of Terminators, just straight up. That's definitely because like with all this secrecy, like wouldn't they wouldn't they want like people to be like, oh, this is the company that's doing this. That's awesome. It's some impressed early. It seems like if you were yeah,
2: if you were uh, giving consent for your face to be used for something, you should know the details about it.
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: They say that if you get chosen into the second round mm-hmm. of picks, like they'll tell you, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Or they'll tell you what it is. But like, come on, that could be a lie too. Like you're gonna have to sign an NDA probably. Right. And you're not even gonna be able to tell people why you look like all those robots <laughs> that are screwing up the world. <laughs> right. Oh, could you imagine if like there was like a war against these robots and like you're going outside <laughs> get some groceries? <laughs> oh, God damn it. Keep getting your ass beat. <laughs> the only reason people like know you're not a robot is because your face is so swollen and bloody from constantly getting beaten. <laughs> Wait a minute, robots don't bleed. Or is that their transmission fluid? Who knows. Mm-hmm. The licensing calls it very realistic mm-hmm. bases. So like, how realistic could it be? Do you think that these people are really going to have like Terminator ask robots like ultra surreal? I don't know. I mean, would you, would you, I mean, come on, $130,000? Let's say you know you'll get it like cash right now. You have to
2: license your face away. Would you do it? No. Why not? That's not really that much money if it's like going to ruin my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. I could live for like five years on that probably, but. You think, you think like it'll get like your job will be in jeopardy after you're. Depending on
1: what they use it for, yeah. That's true. So like. What if you knew it was just elderly care robots, but like thousands of people will see them, obviously. It'll be like a universal robot, but it's just elderly care. Like maybe there's a couple flaws with it. I I wonder why they needed a realistic human face for that. It's, they want it to be friendly. I think they're mm-hmm. trying to combat like like elderly people, <laughs> not literally, <laughs> but like them getting lonely, right? you know, like like the kids abandon them so they g- get them a fan-favorite robot, Ian mm-hmm. Dixon um,
2: robot. See, I would have concerns about, like, malfunctions. What if it goes wrong? What if it, uh, like, gives out the wrong doses of medication and kills a bunch of people? And then my face is connected to that, whether or not I had anything to do with that. And I don't know enough about coding to be able to, like, judge if this is a safe bet or not. So that's it's just a lot of risk for like not really that much money
1: personally we're we have little different views but the same no mm-hmm. i wouldn't do it not because i think that these robots might kill people like i can talk wow. my way out of looking like a robot <laughs> you know yeah.
2: i'd i'd win the turing test hands down mm-hmm. i got that in the bag but see i'm i'm not even worried like i I know I am not a robot, and I can convince people that I'm not a robot. But just that association is so damning. Like people, people it, with like all the evidence in their face, they can't distinguish that because that's why Donald Trump's the
1: president. Wait, he's a pre- <laughs> he's a robot. What?
2: <laughs> I mean, because like, just people aren't that advanced in in their ability to like distinguish information. Mm-hmm. So we do stupid things, and maybe that's a bad uh, analogy. But uh, I think we're not able to. Uh, we're not really able to separate like what's real and what's not. Essentially. Okay.
1: So you think you think like you think like I mean, if, if
2: there's any association, then people will be like, "Oh, you're, you you fucked up."
1: Okay. Yeah. You think you're you think like they're gonna hear some new even story, if it's
2: clear that you didn't do anything wrong. Um, they're just, they're still gonna be like, or even if it's clear that you did do something <laughs> wrong. Um, people somehow have this this cognitive dissonance that like uh, you can't rely on the facts to really keep things straight. Mm, okay. Okay. The public opinion's going to go
1: how it goes. Okay. Okay. So you prefer the anonymity. Yeah. For me it's a little different. I don't want I don't want to license my face out to this robot company because what if uh, what if like I land a huge movie role with Sam Neill. Mhm. And then, like the robot company steps in and is like, "Okay, all of this is mine now because I own your likeness, Scott." Yeah. Like, how far does owning a likeness go? Do my selfies get taken away? Like, do you would you have to burn your face off or something like that just to (laughs) just just to retain some sort of
2: uh, ownership? So, if if you licensed your face.
1: I would just give them the whole thing,
2: and then had like a, a separate uh, career venture mm-hmm. based on your likeness.
1: Yeah, because it's you. Like you said, it's hundred thirty
2: grand. Would you have to pay them royalties? That's what I'm thinking. Is like I'd have to, <laughs> yeah, I'd have to pay to license
1: it. Like I, the best arrangement is I license my face back. <laughs> so like that's where that hundred thirty grand's going to. <laughs> You know, like so, like if I did that, that's what I'd have to do is I'd have to cut my face off. Just Mm -hmm. let them have the cut off face, (laughs) and then like my faceless face would be the thing that I use to propel my, you know, my talk show career. Mm -hmm. Is yeah, so I'll be like a, I'll be like a host guy without a face, and that'll be my
2: shtick. Skeletor.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll spend half the money getting that operation done. The Mm -hmm. other half will go to suits or something like that. <laughs> and, and I'll begin my career as the faceless uh, talk show host. Okay, you know I'll be mostly podcasting so people can stand me at first. But once people like you know get onto my charm and want want me to appear on TV and mm-hmm. film and stuff like that, like Mark Barron has a movie. That's stupid. He shouldn't have a movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I might get a movie. So, <laughs> but I'll maybe be we should do a spinoff of My Cult Kitchen and. Uh... Just have like faceless interviews. Yeah. Just like skeletons talking to each other. We could do
1: that. We could do that. Like uh, we'll ask about the new face-off remake. <laughs> you know, which which by itself is a silly thing. Mm-hmm. I, I could see that happening. We can animate some skeletons 100%. Yeah. We can make it a cartoon too. Like it's called Kitchen Cartoon Break. Yeah. That would actually be probably easier. That would be fun. Yeah. We could voice it. We can have pterodactyls come in. Oh, Dinosaurs? Mm, because they're mm-hmm. skeletons. We'll animate some dinosaurs. Yeah. Just it'll be a, oh, that that'll be episode two. We'll have episode one and two of Ian's Cold Kitchen out. This Halloween. One of them's gonna be a cartoon. That's like two weeks away. Right, we got this. Back, batting down the hatches, Ian. We got the first <laughs> one filmed. I just gotta edit it a little bit more. Ooh. A lot more. And the second one's gonna be a damn cartoon, so you could shut the hell up. <laughs> you know everyone's got to have their quaint first episode right mm-hmm. like even like uh, even the big even Breaking Bad the first episode it's genius but like parts of the production value and like the way they go
2: about things is a little quaint uh, I don't know I wouldn't I wouldn't, like I wouldn't to compare, to the compare later. our production value to <laughs> Breaking
0: Bad <laughs> <here>.
1: why not <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sell it Ian but but you know like uh, in the end of Breaking Bad they had a lot of great cinematography yeah. everything was color coded like everything had depth and meaning but like that first one they it was certainly
2: gained a lot through the series
1: yeah yeah so I mean it was great to begin with but overall like you you always expect the first episode to be like a bedrock. Mm-hmm. it can only get better from here kind of thing
2: And that's a good way to look
1: at it <laughs> <laughs> yes so like never look at the first episode and be judgmental that's one reason when I recommend a series or something like that especially like a comedy series mm-hmm. I'm always just like don't even bother with the first season start with season two they're in the swing of things they kind of know what they are you're not going to mm-hmm. get a bunch of useless introduction episodes
0: because
1: yeah. comedians aren't good at that right or, or comedy writers Like, they want the crazy situations, Mm -hmm. like not the generic uh, sitcom introduction spiels that they're forced to do by the networks. Yeah. They're not good at that. So, do the go start with the second season where they're just talking about cheeseburger picnics and shit. That's how it goes. That's right. Yeah. So, Scott Cast's take is there are many reasons not to sell your face, Mm -hmm. all of them valid, and you probably shouldn't. But, If you don't believe us, go ahead and send your face in to faces at G-E-O-M-I-Q dot com and let us know if you get into the second round because neither Ian and I want to do that. Yeah. Because we've got vested interest in our face not causing chaos quite yet. (laughs) But come on, some Scott Castigators need a couple extra bucks. Yeah. I'm trying to help you out. Just do us a favor, buy a few t-shirts if you get it, you know? Pick up that Veblen. Pick up a Veeblen. You know, you can afford it at that point. You might as well. Why not? Oh, my Lord, Ian. You know what's coming up. Got some dicks in the news. That's right. We got a big dicks in the news. You sent me this earlier. Dutch family found living in hidden basement after almost a decade of preparing for the world to end. At
2: first glance, it sounds like our people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I didn't read the the entire article, but I got like a couple paragraphs in, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And I just sent it. And honestly, probably all your bullet points are like news to me at oh, this point. Okay,
1: okay. So let, let's let's just let's just do a quick overview for the Scott Castigators and fan favorite Ian Dixon. Dive right in. Uh, here are the details: Six siblings, aged eighteen to twenty five, had been living with a man in the farmhouse basement for nine years. And little to no contact with the outside world. They live sufficiently from their vegetable garden and farm animals. 50- this is uh, promising news for Scott City. That's so far so good. <laughs> so far, this is good news.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, like you can live sustainably underground, underground, self-sustaining, and all you need is fr- uh, farm animals and vegetables. Yeah. You so saw as long as that sustains, that's good. But we don't have a. We need, we, these people had a 58-year-old man mm-hmm. interfacing with everything else, but they mm-hmm. thought the world was ended.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. There's a lot of questions here. So the 58-year-old man was not even related to the siblings,
0: mm-hmm.
1: nor was he the owner of the farmhouse. He was renting.
2: Was he paying rent? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was paying rent. <laughs> <laughs> Independently wealthy? Ah, I mean, I think he had a job too. Like My question being... Like, he hasn't shown up for nine
0: years.
1: (laughs) I think he was like, I think he he wasn't the one who believed the world was ended. Mm. He was keeping these six siblings underground Mm -hmm. and just telling them that the world was ended. I'm not not too sure. (laughs) There's a lot of bullets here. Nothing explains anything. God damn. It's just more mystery, each bullet. In Dutch. Okay. So a man escapes the property. yeah, 25 years old, goes to a pub. <laughs> it's my first choice. Right? Orders right. escape.
2: Uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. You haven't been anywhere in nine years. your first choice, you go to a <laughs> pub, and this guy orders five beers at once. <laughs> right off the bat.: Yeah, it's exactly
2: how many beers I
1: need.: Right. I mean, <laughs> like for somebody who has not interfaced with the outside world, pretty much ever yeah in their adult life he knows exactly what he wants mm-hmm. he knows exactly what he needs he knows the quantity he's more mature than most people i know i respect that a lot you know well technically he was in his mind the second oldest man in the world yeah you know he was an elder of his people mm-hmm. so he escapes he orders 5 beers the bartender has a chat with him And this is where he reveals he ran away and needs some help. He had a long hair, dirty beard, old clothes, looked confused. Think of Forrest Gump running. Mm -hmm. This is what this guy looked like. (laughs) The Bub Gump hat. (laughs) Yeah. The poncho. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go home now. (laughs) I'm going to go away from home now. (laughs) I'm tired. (laughs) Pretending the world has ended. Uh. Local authorities were immediately notified. Police searched the secluded farm and discovered a hidden staircase leading to the basement living behind the living room's cupboard. Mm -hmm. So he did some secret cupboard shit to cover all this up. Um, They also found the 58-year-old man who was in a bed and appeared to have suffered a stroke years ago. What? Still paying rent somehow. Still paying rent? Self-managing these farm animals, I guess, <laughs> if like, because nothing, no one's allowed up on surface. Right? What is this man? Um, everyone thought he lived there alone. Landlo- landlord thought he lived there alone. Um, the siblings had no idea other people were living in the world. No clue. So this man, I, I mean, I don't know. He's he's either. mean, it sounds like a great ruse. Like a like like a prank that just goes wrong and then like it went way too long. Yeah. It went so long that like somebody pointed out to him, like, yeah, that's kidnapping if it's that long. (laughs) And he's like, Shit, well I can't kill them, I'm too nice. So Mm. I guess I'm gonna keep them alive and delusional (laughs) for the rest of their life. Or mine. Or his. And even after having a stroke, it took years before they wised up. Like there was a crack in the plan that made the guy be like, Hmm, maybe I should just go upstairs. (laughs) So they concluded this article That the 58 year old man was arrested But arrested, refused to cooperate And wasn't charged with any crimes yet Mm. The Dutch have a great penal system I guess
2: (laughs) If you're going to do a crime (laughs) Just like Norway Yeah Go get some curtains in your prison there Yeah (laughs) Looks nice And uh, this
1: investigation is still going on There are many questions to which the police have no answers. I have many questions also. I have so many <laughs> questions. Like, how? what did he order? What kind of beer does one order? Mm. Like, they ordered five. Do you think he got, like, five individual beers? Like, he didn't know what kind of beer he liked, so he got five a different tri-em-all? types. Like, I, I can imagine the conversation going that way. Like, um, I'm going to a bar. I'm like, can I have a beer? Bartender looks at me like an idiot. What do you mean a beer? We've got five different types. Which one do you want? All of them. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> okay. Uh, boss, there's Forrest Gump is here, and he's drinking all the beer. <laughs> you might want to talk to him. <laughs> do you think, uh, which one do you think someone who hasn't had contact with the world for a decade, mm-hmm. since they were 15, do you think they'd be into the bitter beers or the light beers? Maybe a Guinness
2: Something thick and hardy. I mean, uh, that's kind of like the the ascent of the craft beer sort of uh, little movement. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, what Europe is like. Or maybe... Beer. Yeah, maybe uh, Netherlands is a little different than the, than the U.S. in terms of our, their beer climate.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. So you think best case scenario is he's heard of craft beers before. But as a fifteen-year-old, I don't think fifteen-year-olds would have that kind of. I guess they wouldn't really be that interested in that, because like they're not oh, interested wow. in that too much today. Or like, do your like your kiddos like ever talk about like alcohol or something like that? And then like they mention like craft beer.
2: <laughs> like, My kiddos try not to disclose that sort of thing to me. Oh, okay, that makes you know, sense. Like, unless they're caught red-handed. Oh, okay.
1: Well, you know, I imagine there's a few gets caught red handed, but it's never like with like, no, no, (laughs) no, it's not, it's not like, like little five year old David (laughs) with like with a blue moon and a Sam, Sam Adams, cherry wheat (laughs) combining it under his blanket. Yeah.
2: Mixing up a Manhattan
1: yeah gets in trouble because he takes it to school calls at the Manhattan Project. <laughs> You're not supposed to say or do that. <laughs> so I mean, I, I think like the real thing Scott Cass could learn is how this old man convinced them that the rest of the world was gone because mm-hmm. I think one of the first steps for getting everyone into Scott Cass City, the underground bunker civilization mm-hmm. where everyone listens to Scott Cass and is protected from the some tarful race harmful race. I think we're going to have to trick them into believing that's like the only option for a while, at least. You know, if we want to get them underground I mean, in time. That's going to be the truth pretty soon. Yeah, it's truth enough. Yeah, you know, but like we can't wait till the zero
2: hour and people are already dying. We can't have a bunch. of... I think of, that's the cell. Is like, yeah, you, you don't wait till it's like too late, and you gotta, we gotta do this now. Okay. Okay. I think that's pretty clear that we've we've sufficiently fucked the environment.
1: Like, let's say we succeed and, like, we get a bunch of people underground. I think that would signal that people really do believe in this. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we got a bunch of people underground. They're probably fighting it up um, on the surface level. Within years, maybe something scientific develops and the climate is reversed magically. Um Probably but, not, but, but maybe. <laughs> maybe. But like, you know, maybe. And like, we're here. We're completely invested in this Scott Cast city. It's the only thing we've known how to do well mm-hmm. in our lives is rule this city. <laughs> <laughs> and like, we get news from the surface that it's just totally fine to come up now. Yeah. You know, the Scott Cast numbers are waning. People aren't really liking it. And it's like, I know for a fact if we let people go up there, they won't listen to Scott Cast anymore. Mm-hmm. It's in the past for them. So, I just tell them the world's burnt to a crisp up there. Ain't nobody out there. Don't go behind the cupboard.
2: Once a week, we go out and get exactly five beers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then report back that everyone's gone. Mm -hmm. Everyone's gone, but Founders has a great (laughs) new ale.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's wonderful.
2: I don't know. I actually... uh, uh, I was reading a thing about uh Sam Adams has like a beer that's like super high alcohol content that's yeah. like illegal in most states. What? Illegal? Like, Not in Michigan though. It's all right here. How how high does It's it, like 28%. Come on like whiskey's 40, yeah. 45. Yeah. It's like almost a liquor but it's a beer. I guess that would mess mean, up. I guess, yeah, that I guess you that's up. like the rules like the the beers can only be so much and Michigan doesn't give a fuck about it. That can't taste good, right? It seems like it would be like probably sickly sweet because I think of like all the the real high ABV beers I've had and they're like really dark porters that are almost like syrupy. Can you imagine like the guy
1: going to the beer and talk, going to the bar and talking about beers like this like for the first time like he has them? <laughs> <laughs> like he's just a natural beer snob. <laughs> This is really drinkable, isn't it? It is very drinkable, yes. And he's like (laughs) glugging it down because he hasn't had anything in fucking five years. (laughs) Yeah. I think overall we shouldn't try to trick people into thinking that the
2: world is destroyed outside. I agree. I think we should be honest with people.
1: That's probably why the Dutch hasn't charged this guy yet Mm -hmm. because like I don't think anybody's really succeeded in that endeavor enough to make a law against it. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean... It's not really against the law to like tell people
2: it's dangerous to go somewhere and they believe you. True. It's almost like a church thing. Like a cult thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it illegal to run a cult? I don't know. I guess not. Like it's just a spiritual organization until it becomes a religion. As long as as you're not like, uh, you know, like murdering people or Mm -hmm. like raping kids or
1: whatever cults do. Or any combination of those things. Yeah. And like, if they're all wearing white robes, I think that's, it should be illegal too. Like, It should be bad. No matching, no matching clothes. <laughs> like that's where I draw the line with religion stuff. But no, and stuff. it's, yeah, it's just, No matching clothes. It's
2: totally legal to, you know, lie to people.
1: I guess, yeah.
2: And if they're gullible enough to believe you and do stupid things based on that, then uh, that's kind of on them, I guess. I don't know. I suppose
1: and like maybe like an argument could be made like well maybe he wasn't quite lying. He just said it was it's a jungle out there. Like he just kept playing that Randy Newman song over and over. <laughs> and like he also they,
2: had a stroke like several years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so like how I much mean, power did he have really? Like it must have been like just self-running at that point. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like it couldn't have been a difficult thing for him to do. Yeah. So maybe he wasn't even lying to them. Maybe they just wouldn't get out of their basement. Like, maybe they were the delusional, like, bunch. Maybe. And he was just like, "Can you? would you get out of my basement already? <laughs> Come on. I've got bacon. No? Fine, here. Just throws it down. I don't know. It's a weird story. You can't, uh, you know, judge a book by its cover, but you should also probably go outside once in a while. True facts. Right. And if after nine years you haven't had a single beer and you just realize civilization uh, is still a thing, Mm -hmm. go ahead and get five at once. Yeah. Stay away from the IPAs, though. They might be a little too bitter for you. (laughs) There's a lot of wisdom we need to give these people. They haven't been around, okay? (laughs) Those people are going to be getting a lot of those jingles.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes IPAs are nice. But
1: probably if you
2: haven't been around for nine years, stay away.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to deal with it like somebody trying to explain IPAs to you after nine years. True. Like you'll just go right back to the basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so the weird news has not stopped. Like these people were living in a hole. Mm-hmm. But this bit of news, it, it might be we're the ones who are living in a hole. And not like the good one, the Scottcast City. hmm <laughs> A UFO research group funded by Tom DeLonge of Blink-182 claims to have exotic materials from a crash-landed UFO. Mm -hmm. The U.S. Army is lending its laboratories and manpower to help the researchers in exchange for information. Mm -hmm. Mm. To the STARS Academy of Arts and Sciences, this is what Tom DeLonge of (laughs) Blink-182 this is his group he funds it mm-hmm. and and the thing that the the deal that they have with the army is called a cooperative research and development agreement and it's specifically with the US Army's combat capabilities development command exciting non-traditional source for novel materials and transformational tech to en- to enhance military ground system capabilities joseph cannon futures command leader they're providing to the stars academy of arts and sciences which is just insane that they're even named that they're providing them with laboratories expertise support and resources they're basically saying that like it might be like active cloaking technology mm. like they they there's some crash landed ufo they somehow got material from it Mm-hmm. And now the army, I mean, they believe it enough that they're putting serious money behind it. And like they're, they sound more excited for just using it rather than proving anything. Mm -hmm. I feel like this combined with uh, a little known campaign promise from Hillary Clinton in 2016, Mm -hmm. uh, she promised... To reveal things about aliens, if she became president, mm-hmm. which I'm surprised that didn't just work for her campaign. <laughs> like I feel like everyone would just go for that, <laughs> you know. Like that's a screw screw campaign stuff for right now. I mean, this is this is going to be a real life changer.
2: What happened with all those nerds storming Area 51? Well,
1: a few got arrested. Mostly it was just a bunch of nerds just like Naruto running around yeah. and
2: got arrested and everyone went home.
1: Yeah, a couple did. Like I, I saw this one report like CNN people were talking and so it was it was like a reporter and there's the background of the desert and like there's this freaking nerd just doing the run with both hands out right in the background. <laughs> It was pretty it was pretty funny. I gave that nerd props. <laughs> <laughs> so, like they're storming Area 51, but like they should just be storming a Blink-182 concert, I guess. He's the one that knows. And it doesn't even seem like it, like the government is barely denying it anymore. It's very surprising that the
2: military is so invested.
1: Yeah, and like then are not even like tongue in cheek. And that or, makes me kind of I don't I don't really like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, if we need to weaponize alien technology, we need to weaponize alien technology. You know, I don't know. I mean, hmm. we're probably just going to use it against ourselves. But that's my concern. <laughs> uh, you know, if we're we're going to fight aliens, we should be prepared too. And it seems like that could be a thing.
0: Hmm.
1: Although it seems like
2: aliens haven't really been fighting. Right? It seems like if aliens really wanted to destroy us and they had the capability to get here, that they would have done it.
1: Yeah. What are they waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You know, uh, I feel like at least if we discover aliens, like it'll dampen tensions and xenophobia, right? Like you can't be xenophobic and like think about aliens. Because mm. once you put aliens into the picture, like even somebody from the complete opposite side of the globe is you with completely different beliefs. I mean, they're 99.9% like you compared to this alien being made out of nitrogen or something.
2: Yeah, well, you think that. I don't know if that's how we, we work. You think we would just get more racist
1: towards the aliens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like, our saviors of humanity is
2: going to be like the KKK. No, I mean, going into Do you remember how this cast started and we were talking about uh, primates having like sex warfare? hmm. We're going to have sex warfare with the aliens? Uh, maybe. I'm, but like, that's how dumb we are. Like, we can't, again, we can't separate, like, oh, our planet is actually like one thing and this is a dif- different thing that threatens us. We're like, I hate brown people and I hate aliens. And purple.
1: (laughs) So let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. This story, with this story in mind, uh, you don't have much trouble believing in Blink-182 owning alien technology, but you have way more trouble believing humanity can change basic
2: thoughts. (laughs) Like, it's like I aliens. I don't definitely. sincerely believe either of those things. Are
1: you sure? I mean, like, why would the army be putting so much um, work into this? Do you think this Joseph Cannon is just a big Blink 182 fan? Maybe. And, like, it's like his chance to meet him? I
2: think, I think uh, the Blink 182 dude is probably has some, like, pretty serious mental illness. You think? I mean, like, he, like, as far as like. Alien... That's why I was surprised that the. The government or the military would be investing that sort of capital into this venture. Maybe the
1: anti alien or maybe the aliens have just been propagating stories of Tom DeLong's insanity to get people to not pay attention. But like the government sees through Mm -hmm. this because they've been subject to the paparazzi campaigns, not paparazzi, to the mm, propaganda campaigns of the Mm -hmm. aliens time and time again. So they were just like, come on in here, Tom. I know how you feel show us that stealth. So bomb.
2: like I mean if there was alien technology, my question would be what like how that came about that we got access to that cuz it sounds more like a Star Trek kind of scenario than like a Independence Day kind of scenario. Sounds like a Star Trek scenario, so like uh So there's like the prime directive where they're they're like not interfering. It's like a um, new frontier exploration versus warfare yeah it's like it's like uh when you do like documentaries you don't interfere with like the the natural course of things even though you're watching the tiger, you know, massacre some like wildebeest mm-hmm. so and so who's the who's the documentary that's like a horrible thing to see and you want to save the wildebeest but that's that's nature's course and you, mm-hmm. you let it take course mhm
1: so who's the so who's the who's the
2: wildebeest in this situation? Um, humanity. Okay. Humanity is also the tiger,
1: uh, and then who's the documentarian? The aliens. Oh, okay. Okay, so you think the aliens are visiting? They're watching and, like, us watching. destroy
2: ourselves. Oh, okay, but they're not interfering. Okay, so you think like whereas there's a Richard, like, in the in independent state
1: they would be the tigers. Okay. Okay, I see what you mean now. Yes. So, like. Aliens are like the Richard Attenborough. They're just observing. Okay, they're like whispering about us while we're while we're doing
2: our work. Because otherwise, we would know they they were here. Okay, they would have like severely fucked us already.
1: And like there was like this one time at a sick Blink One Eighty (laughs) Two (laughs) concert, where
2: like they just like started rocking
1: out so hard, the cloak technology fell off, and like Tom was just like, "What is this?"
2: (laughs) <laughs> What's that floating thing rocking the fuck out? Yeah. <laughs> then it flew away. That's the only explanation. And that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So that's where that's where my skepticism has come. Okay. Okay. And the government's not really that adept at like doing things. So it wouldn't really surprise me if they were wasting a bunch of money on nothing. It wouldn't surprise <laughs> me either.
1: <laughs> that's why I think my the most plausible theory is probably that the guy in charge is just a big Blink-182 yeah. fan. Yep. He had to do some project. That's that's what's happening. <laughs> and he was like, hey, Tom, I love you. <laughs> so, there's that. It's, a, it's kind of, it's almost a little, uh, we've, we're kind of far away from the world right now. We're far mm-hmm. away from Scott Castigators' normal lives. Like, all mm-hmm. these things, it's just like, these Dutch people, I don't care about the Dutch. And then, <laughs> and then it's like, uh, oh, aliens, but not aliens, and blink 182 is a Come on. Nothing is really hitting Scott Castigators at home. Mm. But what's one thing that Scott Castigators like are glued to? Mm. Media devices, mm. cell phones, tablets, computer screens. It's how you consume Scott Cast. It's how Scott cast is consumed. It's 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 how it's how news is gotten. It's all it's how movies are watched that we recommend. Yeah. You know, it's how Feudcast is watched. It's your life. Obey that's right all hell Scott cast Chlory Be Scott yes yes well it turns out blue light from LEDs wrap uh, the brains of fruit flies to the point where they their life is only half as long and they can't even do basic functions like climb mm. they did this study where they uh, you know had a couple control groups and Exposed some some of these fruit flies to blue light, like you'd see from your screen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the flies that were exposed to that were twice as dumb, lived half as long, and and basically had damage through their eyes and into their brains. Mm-hmm. Luckily, these here new glasses I've got <laughs> have a blue light filter. <laughs> okay, I'm so glad. I feel like Warby Parker knows something. <laughs> if like because like that was a weird feature to be like like they didn't do the sunglass feature or anything like that with me they were just like this blue light filter you're gonna want it yeah you're gonna want it trust me you know you're not gonna notice anything Mm -hmm. but you're gonna want it and like you can kind of tell that like blue lights are a little toned down yeah like like but you have to be adept with Photoshop and have turned down blue <laughs> before and know that little effect it has yeah. like on all the colors. Uh but apparently it does all that range mm-hmm. and it's because it ruins people's eyes. Mm. And they're saying that it's ruining people's
2: brains too. Well it's ruining flies' brains. We don't know if it's ruining people's brains, but right. probably. Probably is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean if it burns half
1: of the fruit fly's brain, you know it mm-hmm. at least gives a little scorch on ours, right? Yeah. And Tom DeLong probably knows
2: something about it.
1: He probably does, <laughs> you know. Probably got like this. That's probably what the alien technology is. It's just like that's what made aliens so advanced is that they got to this level of technology and then they put a blue the cloaking. It's just like
2: <laughs> pure blue
1: light. You just, <laughs> it just blinds you immediately. Yeah. That's what the MIB stick is that makes you forget. <laughs> it's just <laughs> if you slow down MIB movie, then mm-hmm. in black movie, and like to the frame, it's just like an iPod in his
2: hand. <laughs> It's loading Twitter we should do a fan edit <laughs> Just exactly that There we go <laughs> There's the promotional
1: image for this episode We won't make a t-shirt mm-hmm. It'll be good So so that's kind of happening But like, first off, like we know Even if the blue light is totally fine mm-hmm. That the way mobile apps and phones are designed are They're designed to be addicted They're designed to ruin your habits mm-hmm. And your mindset anyway Yeah Designed to promote anxiety, so we already know that it damages the brain. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is now not only does it damage the brain psychologically, it damages it neurologically, mm-hmm. and maybe that's an aspect to why it's so effective. It's just like it ingrains habits and then it kills all the willpower to make a new one. Yeah, so subscribe to Scott Cast. <laughs> <laughs> This way, you can limit all that searching time you do every week for Scottcast. Make sure to check out our store at the Scottcast, The Scottcast.com. Um, It's got it's a dark website. There's mm-hmm. very little white, okay, to it. So uh, it'll actually it's actually like the opposite of Facebook in that regard, which you notice with the design. Mm-hmm. It's all blue light coming at you from okay. Facebook. So but, less
2: blue light. So put it directly at your eye as you're scrolling around. Yes, <laughs> and
1: uh, <laughs> and yeah, do all the subscription stuff. <laughs> Buy a shirt. <laughs> you know, it's not too bad. It's not too bad.
2: So here we are. Yeah. What did we learn today, Ian? Did we learn anything good? Um. Depends what you, how you define good. I think we learned that primates are dumb.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We did learn that kind of. Like we we learned a lot about Catboy and the
2: myth yeah. of Catboy. Catboy is probably a step above your common primate mm-hmm. because it's also part feline. It's only half primate. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to Monkey Boy, who was like double primate. Yeah, that's why he sucked. <laughs> he got shotgunned at the end. He's not even getting a reboot. That's how bad he is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Cowboy, maybe roaming around the streets of Sunnyhand, Tramick,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh,
2: causing delight or terror to our residents. I don't know. Right, Rambo might have been good, <laughs> 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 or it could only be
1: good if you're alone in a giant auditorium watching yeah, it. There you go. I'm not too sure. Um, you could sell your face for
2: hundred thirty thousand dollars. We advise against that.
1: Yeah, you advise against it because it would harm people's reputation potentially. And I advise against it because you could become a movie star. Mm. <laughs> but if you don't think of either of those things very highly, <laughs> just send in your picture to faces at g-e-o-m-i-q dot com and uh, see if you can't make yourself some extra scratch and buy a couple of ones for the homies. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. Yeah. And then uh, also you could live Sustain a family of six uh, delusional adults mm-hmm. on a, a vegetable patch mm-hmm. and some farm animals. Yeah. You know, just get enough chickens, cook enough eggs, make enough carrots. You're good. There you go. You know, uh, stop looking at blue lights. So subscribe to Scott Cast, which is primarily orange. Um, Tom DeLong is a UFO believer and possibly on the forefront of. The alien resurrection or alien uh, um, reveal of the century,
2: Mm -hmm. or he's just crazy. (laughs) What do you think would happen if he and uh, Elon Musk collaborated on something?
1: A sick new album would come out. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be awesome. Either that or just like a lot of boastful tweets. A lot of tweets would come of it is what would happen. It would just be a social media stunt with no substance. You know that. I feel like this alien thing is probably, in essence, a social media stunt with no essence, but like you you don't, you know, you also don't really hear too much about it. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's in the news and stuff, but it's not like viral news. Mm -hmm. You know, it's in the news because the army is involved. But it's not in the news because, like, it's a viral sensation and people are just trying to get clicks. People aren't clicking this stuff enough. I think, I don't know. I'm 50 50 on aliens existing at this point.
2: I'm sure they exist somewhere because it's a huge universe and we're just this little speck. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that they would care enough to visit us because we're dumb as fuck, as we've established. Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we've got plenty of wildlife documentaries watching animals be stupid. That's probably uh, yeah. what they're doing.
2: If, if, if they're visiting, that's what they're doing. Yeah.
1: That, that and going to blink One Eighty Two concerts. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's been a great Scott cast. I say, thank you yeah. for listening. If you enjoyed our banter, review us on iTunes. I haven't asked that for 83 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so please do that. Um, Share on social media, too. You might as well plug yourself into that machine and do good with it. You know, spread the good word of ScottCast if you're going to rot your brain. That's right. You might as well. And uh, buy your mother a ScottCast shirt for Christmas. So, yeah, from the super colorful original telecommunication, otherwise known as ScottCast,
2: I bid the adieu. See you later, ScottCastigators. Oh, yeah.
0: Did it right. <laughs>